No wonder everybody got quiet. Lord, we've come to the lake shore, nothing but the blood.
Go ahead and be seated, church. Good Sunday morning to you, church. Choir practice Mondays at 4.30. Tomorrow night, Monday night, American Heritage Girls Staff Parish, 6 o'clock. Uh, Bible study on Tuesday morning, prayer time Tuesday night. Covenant group on Thursday. And there's a lay servant class being taught on Wednesday morning. Uh, Thursday is covenant group at 10. And we are having one more uh, community soup lunch. Uh, we thought we were done last month, but we're going to do one more. Uh, so if you who are our drivers are available, that would be great. And then next Saturday is uh, men, United Methodist Men at the breakfast at the Horseshoe. Any announcements from any of you folks this morning? He'll bring you the, the microphone. Well, I'm excited about next Sunday because next Sunday is Mother's Day. And I'm looking forward to see how many mothers have the courage to wear a hat. <laughs> I'm sure the congregation is going to be beautiful, so please, please wear a hat next Sunday if you're a mom, and let's celebrate Mother's Day together. Thank you. Just a heads up to the UMW ladies, um, our meeting for May is our celebration of mothers and we will be going out to dinner and would like to leave the church by 4.15, so um, just keep that on your calendar. Where are you going to dinner? Oh, I'm going. I do have a, I have a card. I do. I do. I would. Did someone else have their hand up? No, I can't. Dr. Jim, it's good to see you and your family back in the congregation this morning. I'm going to try to read this without uh, crying. <laughs> the church is not a place where perfect people gather to say perfect things or have perfect thoughts or have perfect feelings. The church is a place where imperfect people gather to provide encouragement, support, and service to each other as we press on to our journey to return to our Heavenly Father. 
to our church family at Brown City United Methodist Church. Thank you so much for your prayers, love, and help getting us to Mayo, to the Mayo Clinic. Our family is so grateful for you all. The saying, it takes a village, rings true, as you all have guided us in love and prayer as we have navigated through Grady's health issues. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We truly have the best church and church family with love, the Burgess family. No other announcements? Then young disciples, please. Oh, you have it? Wow. Thank you. Because if you guys don't come down here, a bunch of old men come down here. It's very uncomfortable. Um, did, did you guys, you guys were at the, did you guys come to the dance last night? No. Um, so do you guys know what a guarantee is? Rhett might not know. Do you know what a guarantee is? Do you know what a guarantee is? You think so? Or a warranty? Yeah? What do you think a guarantee? I Definitely. 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 That's pretty close. Definitely. Okay. So, you know when you buy, you get instructions with it, right? And it comes with a book. And usually it also comes with a guarantee. Like, you buy a computer and it comes with a two-year guarantee so that if something happens in the two years that it breaks, right, you can you get a free one or they fix it for free or something, okay? Or if you get a toy and it says it has a one-year guarantee and it doesn't work anymore, then you can get a new one or get it fixed, right? So um, I was going through a bunch of old things in my office. I have a bunch of old books for appliances and things I don't have anymore. And so I was throwing out these books. And I got to thinking about these guarantees, see? Even my phone has a guarantee, right? My phone has a guarantee. If something breaks on it, then within so much time, they'll fix it, right? Okay. So almost everything that we have in our life has some kind of guarantee, but it's usually only a year or two. If, they want, if, they, if you want a longer guarantee, you know what they make you do? They make you pay for it. So if you want a longer guarantee, so if I want a longer guarantee on this phone, I gotta pay more money, right? Okay, so there's something that you have in your life that has a guarantee all the time that you don't have to spend any money on, okay? And the, so all these devices we have all have guarantees, but none of them last, but the guarantee that lasts it's Jesus' love. Jesus' love lasts forever, forever, no matter what. There's a guarantee. 
And he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never die. That's a pretty good guarantee, isn't it? That you'll never die. And he says, no one can snatch them out of my hand. So it's not like where I'm walking down the street and somebody can snatch this phone out of my hand and steal it, okay? Or if I drop it and it breaks, right? Okay? Nothing can like that can happen to Jesus' love. He loves you forever and ever and ever, okay? So even if you break, even if you break, now, as in what if you accidentally said something mean to somebody else in school? Or you shoved one of your brothers because they made you mad, okay, right? So even if you break a little bit and you do something like that, Jesus is still going to love you. You just say, oh, forgive me, Jesus, and he'll forgive you, okay? Even if you do break and do something you're not supposed to do, your guarantee and your warranty is still there with him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, let's say a little prayer, please. Dear Lord, these both and all of us here to understand tea never leaves, your guarantee never runs out, and it is always there for us to protect us and guide us and to hold you in the palm of your hand. Lord, guide them as they go through the rest of the school year and through the summer and help them not make mistakes and if they do let them know that you're always going to be there for them guaranteed no matter what in jesus name we pray amen so what, what's the difference what's the difference between a guarantee and a warranty well Guarantee, it, a guarantee means no matter what happens, right? It it's, doesn't matter. It's a like your, your satisfaction is guaranteed. It's, it's promise. It's definite, like he said. A warranty is only for a limited amount of time. So that's, that's why I use the word guarantee instead of warranty, because a warranty runs out. Not if you buy the extended. Not unless you buy the, yeah, you have to buy the extended, right. But eventually, you know. Theoretically, you have to keep, you know, paying to. And with but either with way, Jesus, Christ paid it all, yeah, yeah, and Jesus, warranty you don't have to guarantee keep doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't have to keep paying with, Great. with a guarantee. Ushers. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I was just seeing if she. I can guarantee that he'll, you know, mess, flip the service somehow. You know. Who? Him or you. me? Oh, me? <laughs> I'm just, you threw me when you were prepared. 
Really? What can I say? Joys and concerns. Are there any happy people in the house this morning? Great. Are okay. you happy people? Do any of you have a joy that you'd share? Ed. I got a joy. I got to talk to my youngest daughter, Heather, in Hawaii, and uh, she said it's uh, in the middle 80s over there, and sun shining, and pineapples growing. Anyway, uh, she asked for prayer. Her knee has given her a little trouble yet, but she's doing exceptionally well, and she thanks you for your prayers. Uh, I have another prayer for the Christian Motorcyclist Association. Our annual Run for the Sun ride is next Saturday. I'd like you to pray for all the guys and gals for safety and, and that. And uh, Heather's friend over there in Hawaii, his name is Juan. He has uh, lost his lady friend through cancer, and just bless him that God will take care of him. Thank you. I got a joy. Uh, had uh, our great-granddaughters over yesterday, little yard apes, but curtain climbers. And uh, a joy today is we got them again today, so Doris is not here, so she's kind of keeping an eye on them so they don't destroy our house. <laughs> so pray for Doris and the kids. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah, I have a joy. Uh I have a grandson here, <laughs> good to have him, and the three little great-grandsons. So Amen. I'm happy to have them. They're little ball players, too. They all play ball. Great. Listen, I'm not moving too good today, so you're going to hurt me bad. Okay, who had their hand up over here? After church today, I'm going to a birthday party for my great-granddaughter. Nick and Rachel's little girl is going to be one today. And it's kind of neat. Um, I just went a couple weeks ago to my great-grandson's first birthday, so it's another generation of kids that will grow up together, and it's such a blessing. Amen. Uh, some of you know my dog, Fred, and you know he took off, and I cried and cried, but I found him, and I'm thankful for that. Well, it was a joy to be a part of the uh, East Winds District uh, United Women in Faith prayer breakfast yesterday. We had a wonderful time of fellowship and prayer, and we had an awesome speaker and also, the prayer concern is for Gracie's great-grandmother, Clara Polisco, and her health concerns right now. And please keep Clara, Grandma Clara in your prayers. I'm thankful for uh, my brother and Don and his wife, Debbie, both have health issues going on. So, uh, they had a, uh, an experience this week, both of them, and they both uh, made it through, but I would ask for continued prayer for them because they both have extenuating health issues. 
Uh, yesterday, uh, last night, we had uh, a, a sweetheart dance at the school. It was uh, daddy-daughter and mother-son, and uh, we're so grateful for all the people that helped with that and donated and made that possible. And it was really nice to see all the families there with their kids. Um, and, you know, sometimes it was their entire family there because they had, a, you know, both a son and a daughter. And it was just nice to see the community getting together and, and having a good time. And um, also continued prayers for my granddaughter, Christina. Thank you. Ed, you referred to your great-grandchildren as what? Yard monkeys? Yard apes. Yard apes? Yard, porch monkeys and yard apes. What does that make you? <laughs> the house gorilla. The house gorilla. The, ho the house gorilla? The house gorilla. Next time we go down to the river, I want you to come with me. I think you need to be rebaptized. I'm going to hold you down there until you come up and you say, I saw Jesus. And if you don't see him on the first dunk, well, maybe by the tenth dunk you might see him. Well, no, we can do the Black River in Croswell. We had the joy, part of it was a joy, and part of it wasn't a joy, because our oldest granddaughter graduated yesterday from Eastern Michigan University. Go Eagles. Now she's a teacher. Said go Eagles. And it was, we could only watch it by Zoom. We couldn't be there because they could only have two guests, so I'm assuming it was mom and dad. No, she could have four. Four. Of course, the boyfriend. And how do you choose between, you know, your grandmas and your papa? So, yeah. But it, it was a joy to see her receive her uh, diploma. And for all the work that the educators have done for that program was very much appreciated. Anyone else before we talk to the father? Let's do that. Let's talk to the father this morning. We're reminded this morning how the people of the church can impact each other. How we can love each other and pray for each other. We're reminded that there are no perfect people, at least in this place. Only Christ the Savior. We lift up health issues to you this morning. 
We ask continued prayer for Mr. Grady and for the Burgess family. I lift up our, our Mayor Julie and her brother Carl. We lift up Claire and health issues. We lift up Don. We lift up the CMA as they have a, a bike run next week. We lift up unspoken requests. Lift up who's struggling with health issues. We lift up the United Methodist Church. Father, we pray for peace this day. as there's war in the Ukraine with the Russia. We lift up those who are struggling with health issues. We lift up those who are struggling financially. But most of all, we lift up those who are struggling spiritually, Father. We thank you for the beauty of the day because this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we give you praise and thanks this morning that the table is set before us and everyone is included at the table. Send your Holy Spirit upon us this day, Father. And that you might hear us as we pray, as we pray our Father. Now it's time for the offering.
Father, thank you for the abundant blessings that you show upon us. Thank you for the privilege to be part of this Brown City United Methodist Church, where brothers and sisters can freely come and worship you. Help us draw closer to you this day, Father. We thank you for the tithes, gifts, and offerings. We ask that you might touch it and multiply it as you allow us to continue to be your church. We praise you and we thank you, Father. Amen. No children for you this morning? Yes, I have to. Oh, okay, because if not, I, we can send some old men down there. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't. I was just going to say she did. <laughs> you have to justify what old is. How do I get into this sometimes? <laughs> if I remember right, before I read scripture, if I remember right, Ira Shepherd. Does that name ring a bell to anybody? Ira Shepherd, I believe, was 106 years old, 105 or 106, when God called him home. His wife, Eva, I think was 103 or 104. They, they had been married for like 78 years. But up until the day they both got called home to glory, they never appeared or acted like they were old. So when those comments are made, what's age has to do with it? There was a woman in my last church who they had an interim pastor come in for a while and told a woman in the church that you are too old to serve on any committees in this church. Judy was her name, and I'll just use her first name. She was an educator. She was a counselor for years. She was a Christian and is still a Christian for many, 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 many years. Has led a lot of people to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Has been a faithful member of the church for over 60 years. What's age have to do with it? 
I see some young people walking downtown at one or two in the afternoon still in their pajamas. <laughs> you, you want to talk issues about other than getting old. Get me back on track here, Lord. To the glory of God. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them to a high mountain by themselves. There Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses, Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they look up, they saw no one except Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. You've often heard me say that when I get to heaven, I hope all my dogs are there. I've heard people ask the question, when I get to heaven, will I recognize anybody? Will I know that grandma was my wife when we get to heaven? I don't know. Will we recognize the saints that have gone on before us? I don't know. What I do know and what I truly believe the most is that we'll see Jesus Christ in a way that we've never experienced him on this earth before. We're going to see him face to face. And we're going to spend eternity with him, worshiping him, In all of his glory, I don't think the rest of it matters. He went to the mountain and was transfigured. Scripture says that it was like a bright light. You've often heard it said when people have a, a conversion experience that they saw the light. Anybody here ever see the light in your conversion experience? I didn't. I woke up in a helicopter, had a tree fall on me, woke up in a helicopter flying to University of Michigan Hospital, paralyzed from the neck down. Didn't see the bright light, but, but heard this, live for me or die. That changed my life. 
that got my life on track. Started going to church. My family had already gone to church. Karen would take the kids to church. There was no boy in the Croswell Methodist Church that he'd come by and pick up the kids and take them uh, to Sunday school. I had no plan on taking them. Was, was never my intention. Didn't have any plan on going to church with her or them. Used to have a United Methodist preacher come by. He'd come and visit. And I often wondered, what are you here for? Why do you keep coming around me? So I thought I had the answer for him. Every time he would come over, I'd go and I'd get my bottle of Jack Daniels. I'd get a glass and I'd set it down in front of us. And when he's telling me about his Jesus, I'm pouring myself a double shot. My mentality was, if I keep drinking, this preacher's going to quit coming around. He never quit coming around. One day, I was on a suicide mission. I was supervisor in the Croswell Lexington School District. And I got fired from my job. I got fired from the superintendent, who used to tell me that I love you like a son. And he did for a while. Him and his wife would go on vacation and would you, would you take care of our house? Would you watch our dog while you, I'm gone? Sure I would. And he had one of the nicest liquor cabinets that I've ever seen. So he'd go away and I'd I just assumed since I'm taking care of his house and taking care of his dog that it'd be okay if I drank his liquor. And then the next year he would go and I noticed something different. That he had taken some kind of marker and marked on the bottle where it was. And I thought, this guy's getting pretty wise. So he went away again and I noticed there wasn't any marks. But what I did notice was that it didn't taste right. It was watered down. He knew I was going to drink it, so he'd add water to it. So he fires me. I'd lost my job. Had four kids with no income. Had a wife who I wasn't a good husband to. And I said, I've had enough of this. Went out to the car and the car wouldn't start. Not a problem. Going to the house and I get my shotgun. Load my shotgun, start walking to the school. It's about two miles away. Get down Anderson Avenue a little bit, 
and there's an old boy out raking his yard. He was the same old boy. Mel Brewster was his name. He used to have a lumber yard in Croswell years and years ago. And I asked him, I said, Mel, would you give me a ride to the school? He said, he said what are you doing? So I'm going to go shoot the superintendent. And then I'm going to shoot myself. Yeah, I'll give you a ride. So we get in his truck and we start heading out towards the school. And he says to me, would it be okay if we stop at the church for a minute? Yeah, if you have to, go ahead. So we get into the parking lot of the Crosswell United Methodist Church. He says, you want to go in with me? I said, not really. He says, well, come on anyways. Okay. So I grab my shotgun and I'm carrying my shotgun. I go into the Crosby United Methodist Church. You ever been set up? <laughs> I think I got set up. So we go into the church and he says, well, come on and talk to the pastor. Go in and start talking to Grant. Heard about enough of that church stuff. That wasn't my thing at the moment. So I said, back in the day, I used to use this phrase. Well, I need to use the restroom. And everybody that knew me knew that if I said I, I need to use the restroom, that I disappeared. And that was my intention. I got up, grabbed my gun. I wasn't going to the restroom. I was really going out the door. And they both got up and they followed me. And they said, no, the restroom's this way. So I go into the restroom. And they follow me. It was in that restroom that I had my first encounter with Jesus Christ. I was broken. I mean, I was at rock bottom. You ever hear you got to hit rock bottom before you can climb out? I was at rock bottom. Preacher says, why don't we pray? You ever try praying when someone's got you in a headlock? I had such a grip on him that he could hardly breathe. But he prayed. And you know what I felt? I felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. And my whole being changed. He says it was a radical transformation. I think, I think it was. I think it was. Nothing, you know, I've been to NA, I've been to AA, I've had my own counselors, and nothing worked for me until I accepted Jesus Christ. And then everything changed. Started going to church. And it's interesting, when you live in a small town and they know that you're crazy anyways and you start going to 
their church. <laughs> they don't always welcome you right away. You sort of have to keep coming back and showing them that you truly wanted to change. Anybody need to change in their life? I think a lot of people do, but a lot of people are afraid to admit it. I have not walked the streets of Croswell in a long, long time. But after I got saved and I would walk down the streets of Croswell and we were coming in contact with people that either I, I spent time with them in Doug's Bar or the American Legion and they knew I got they like to say well he got religion you know and I like to say I hope I never become religious because religious people scare me because there's a difference between being Christian and being religious. I want to be the best Christian that I can be. But walking down the street, people would literally walk across the street to the other side so they don't have to come face to face. I'm glad that Mel Brewster was in my life. You know, Mel Brewster and Grant Lobb used to meet every Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock in the prayer chapel of the Croswell United Methodist Church. And they met every Wednesday for two years. Just the two of them. For two years. And you know why they met? They met to pray for me. To pray for me. That was the only reason they met. Mel has gone on to perfection. I just saw Pastor Grant a couple weeks ago. He came to the bazaar. People will disappoint you. People will fail you. People will lie to you. And all those things. The guarantee that Elizabeth was speaking about is that Jesus Christ will never leave you or forsake you. And he is the only one that I have encountered that can set the captive free. And there's some folks that some folks struggle with cigarettes. Some folks struggle with alcohol. Folks have all kinds of different addictions. But the only thing that will set them free is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And all it takes is one drop of his blood and change can take place. John reminds us if you and I are to experience a transfiguration in our life, a conversion experience in our life, that Jesus Christ must be first in our life. Speaking about men, I can't speak for women because 
I'm a man. I think sometimes for us men it's difficult. It was difficult for me. I'm a man. I can do anything. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm a man. I'm strong. I'm a man. Well, I'm a man, but there's times I can't even get up off the floor. I need help. I need Jesus. I need a dose of him daily. Especially these last couple years. We need Jesus more and more because the world seems to be really way out there now. All kinds of crazy stuff is going on. Have you encountered him? Sometimes I think I'm preaching to the choir because when, when, when I look at you and as I get to know you and I know your relationship with Christ, but you know, we do things when we're, we're not here. Sometimes we act different when we're not here. You know, a couple had a couple kids. Every Sunday morning they'd come to church. But from the time they left to the house until the time they got to the door, they fought. But when their hand went on the door and they came into the building, everything looked nice. But it wasn't. Served a church where a woman would come and occasionally her husband would come. She came in one day and her arm was broke. Well, how'd that happen? Well, my husband grabbed me by the arm and he threw me up against the wall and he broke my arm. We're Christian. How can that be? He'd gone to church his whole life. He got mad at me. Anybody ever get mad at you? I had a woman come to me one time. She says, my husband's on the computer 18 hours a day. He's got a, a wife and he's got kids on the computer. He says, what am I supposed to do, Pastor? Because that was his real wife and he had a couple kids at home. I says, when you go home, take his computer and throw it in the garbage. And she did that. He didn't think that was a very good idea. We have to change, church. The world's looking at us now more than ever. We have to change. And, and you know how we have to change? We got to get up. And we have to make a noise. We have to let our voices be heard. And we have to testify about God's glory and how good God is to us. It shouldn't be difficult on Sunday morning, when, when whoever the pastor is says, well, let, let's hear some praises this morning. Let's share some prayer concerns. Oh, so-and-so's got cancer. So-and-so's sick. But shouldn't we be giving God praise and glory for all he's done for us? That he gives us breath. We have breath this day because of him. How many of you are, I'm reminded here by, from James. James emphasized that for us to receive his glory, are you ready to suffer for Christ? Someone said, 
Well, see, here it is, 11 o'clock already. <laughs> Imagine that. How many of you have pot roast in the crock pot? Might be burnt today. We're going over. We go to sporting events and we'll spend hours there. We expect to be out of church in an hour. I'm guilty of that myself sometimes. I love going to the Harrington Inn on Sunday morning. If you don't get there before 1130, you don't get the good bacon. Well, so what? You can go to the store and buy your own bacon. Cook it yourself. <laughs> it will be better. Let me take you into that text again. Ken, can you put that text back up? After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them to a high mountain by themselves. I think we need some one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus, all of us. They sent us on a six-week renewal. We had a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. There Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. The glory of God shining all around them. The glory of God can shine all around us. You want someone to see the modern-day Jesus? He looks like you. He looks like me. And we can bring people to know Christ, not by, well, you got to be in church. Why weren't you there? By loving them unconditionally and showing them by example. Serve him. Nobody's too old or too young to serve in the church because he's gifted us all with different gifts and different abilities. Are you willing to serve him? I had told a person one time after her husband died, just, there was a lot of grief. And I said, try this. Try serving others. Before long, that grief was gone. Because there's great joy in being the servant of the Lord, serving other people. And then Elijah reminds us, be separated. Be separated. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but by the renewing of your mind. And I believe in our society, a lot of folks need to renew their mind. They need to recommit themselves to Christ Jesus, to experience the glory of God. See, when I get to heaven, I'm going to praise him better than I can praise him now. I'm going to worship him better than I can worship him now. It's about him. It's about Jesus Christ and him glorified. It's not about if all my dogs are there, if I'm going to know my wife. It's about the glory of God. It's about worshiping him. Would you be in an attitude of prayer?
And just to remind you, everyone is invited to his table. You do not have to be a member of the church. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Father, pour out your Holy Spirit on all who are gathered here. Father, on this gift of bread, and on this gift of juice, Father, make them for us to be the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ. We are redeemed by your blood. Father, by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one in ministry to all the world until you come in final victory. And we shall feast at your heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Who would like to help? Any volunteers to help? Thank you.
there anyone who needs elements brought to them? Did you get too big of a piece? Nope. I heard a preacher one time. It was Pastor Rick. He said, why'd you make a country church? We had an ecumenical service one time. And he served Holy Communion. And he gave an illustration when you come to the Father's table. Because some people, when it's not handed to them, some people will do this. And that's okay. Because it represents the body of Christ. But what Pastor Rick wanted to instill in us, when you come to the Lord's table, get yourself a big serving of them. So some years later, someone had mentioned to me, why do you always give me such a small piece? So I'm, I'm working on it. I look forward to the day when we don't have to have these gloves because there was a day we didn't have them and there was a day when everybody could come and take their own. I had a superintendent one time who served me communion and gave me a little bit and I wasn't satisfied. Never be satisfied with just a little bit of Jesus. Get as much of him as you can. Even when it comes to the body and the blood of Christ. What are we singing, Elizabeth? Because he lives. Because he lives, church.
I want to tell you one more part of the story that I was telling you about the superintendent and myself. Afterwards, when I accepted Christ as my Savior, 
I made an appointment with the superintendent of the schools. And I went to him and I asked him, would you forgive me for the things that I did? And he did. In order to be forgiven, you must be willing to forgive yourself. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning that the table was set and you invite everyone to your table. Father, thank you that uh, you're the one who breaks chains and addictions. You're the one that sets the captives free. You're the one that gives us eternal life. You're the one that says, come to me, you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Father, we thank you for uh, the privilege to be in your house this morning, for the freedom we have to come into your table. Thank you, Father. God bless you, church, and may God continue to bless America. Amen.